Hello, New York. New York? I don't know. Why not Pennsylvania? Bonjour, Pennsylvania. Comment ça va? What about um, Indianapolis? I don't know. Guten Tag, Indianapolis. <laughs> Baguettes. <laughs> Sehr gut. What about Paris, Texas? Where Chantal is from? Hallelujah! <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Jake and Jeremy, and you're listening to Loving This Concept. I was gonna like try to do something from our intro, and I was gonna be like, "Hi, I'm that herpes sore that just won't go away." We're doing good. We're doing great. It's episode three. Episode three. My God, we've come so far, and yet we've got so far to go. This is what I'm making this face about episode three. I'm making a face. You can't. <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm making it. Makes a face on a purely auditory medium. <laughs> but you can see it, and I know that I'm doing it. Does a sight gag on a podcast. But again, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm also eating some caramel M&M's. Do you say caramel or caramel? I say caramel. Some people say caramel, and I just don't know how I feel about that. I would say caramel if it was, like, a fancy thing. Like, if it was, like, if I was in a very expensive restaurant, like, I'll have the caramel souffle. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I already hate you. I'll have the caramel butterscotch schnapps. Yeah, but if I it's M and M's, it's caramel. Yeah, it's but these caramel. are really good. They I right. probably shouldn't eat any more because I'm going to rot my teeth out. I'm also going to be making us a delicious dinner here pretty soon. I mean, that's true, but I can have both. Por qué no las dos? So, has there been like anything new this week that you want to talk about? Um, I am still not working, and I'm just at home all the time. And I've been talking to the cats even more than I used to. And I think well, I'm That's because you're getting to know them. I mean, we're, we're reaching, we're breaking down some walls, some barriers. We're getting to a really deep emotional place. Does Pancho like you? Uh, no, he's decided that I am the root and cause of all of his problems. Like Brody is for me. Yes. That's fair. See, Brody is the fault of everything. The fault Pancho of Pancho is literally just glaring. Do you see him? His little beady eyes over there, just staring at us. In he's the mirror. Right he's there. not even looking at he's us. He's looking in the mirror at us, glaring. Great. Just <laughs> plotting our death. Our so, dooms. Um, this I, week... Oh, sorry. Did you want to say something? Did I have anything exciting happen this week? You took your nail polish off. I did. Well, I did it because my nails are very thin and weak, and so they kept bending, and so I... Needed to cut my nails, so I took my nail polish off, and I feel bare and naked, and my my nails need some time to heal. Remember that band, Bare Naked Ladies? Uh, I wasn't yes. allowed to listen to them, but I know their name. <laughs> what a random... Well, you I just mean, said I bare. See, I see where you were you going. You said bare, and it reminded me of it. Um, so pop opera. Uh, what did I do this? Oh, so I binge-watched all of Series of Unfortunate Events Season 2, because I think I mentioned it last week that it was on. Yes. And it was so good. 
it was really, really, really good. Like, first season I enjoyed. Second season was even better. And if you're a fan of the book and the book series, I think that you will really enjoy it because it stuck true to a lot and it made some slight creative changes and it's, like, adding some more lore. But it's, like, it's, like, really good. Were you loving the concept? I was. Just loving it. And I wish it. that you knew the books better, and I wish that you knew the story better, because I want to talk to you about it. I don't. <laughs> and I'm guessing you didn't do your homework and play Dishonored. Nope. Nope. So you basically didn't do anything <laughs> the whole week. Anything that we talked about. Um, I slept a lot this week, actually. Actually, you know what I did do this week that was really fun? I what? found a website that has some old games... That I used to play when I was a kid, and I made a partition on my Mac so that... They were Windows games, obvi. And I made a partition on my Mac so that I could play them. I've been playing the Journeyman Project games, which are um, time travel games that I was obsessed with, still am, and can be obsessed again. Um, Buried in Time and Legacy of Time. I love those games. They're like point-and-click puzzle games. I've also been playing um, um, uh, <laughs> Laura Bow uh, and the Dagger of Amun Ra, which is it's a murder mystery game uh, based in the 1920s, 1926 to be specific. And the main heroine is Plucky Laura Bow, who is obviously based on Clara Bow, which is why if you watch our videos, I always say Laura Bow when I mean Clara Bow because it just I get confused. I have dyslexia of the brain. Well, it's what your your brain goes to when you think of that character. For sure. Um, but she's, you know, the quintessential... What's that called? Automatic Recall. Automatic Recall. The name That's of my book. That's a psychology term. So, and it's a murder mystery game set in a museum, and you are running around asking questions, interviewing people, then finding dead bodies, and it's really, really fun. Ah, dead body. Basically what happens with Laura is some, she comes across a dead body and she goes, ah, and then pokes at it for a while. And then the police inspector who's at the museum comes up and goes, now what did you do now, Miss Bull? So it's not like CSI where there's someone being like, it appears that the body has already reached rigamoris. Okay, no, here's the funny thing about it. So... Laura is from Nolens. She's got a Nolens accent, sort of a Southern Belle type character. And so when she speaks, she has that accent. But um, the game is narrated by a lovely woman with a British accent. So whenever you do things, like it narrates it like, you found a piece of paper in the trash bin. Literally, it narrates stuff like that. One of the things, like... You found a spare eyelash inside your eyeball. No. So, like, um, whenever you pick something up, the narration, the little text box pops up, and the narration goes, you pick it up and place it in your purse. And you hear it a lot. But um, when you are looking at the bodies, when you're, like, looking for clues and stuff... Clues and stuff. Clues and stuff. Clues and stuff. Clues and stuff. She'll, you know, this very vaguely sarcastic, snarky British lady will say the funniest things. Like, if you use the magnifying glass to examine, like, the body's skin, she'll be like, Dr. Carter's skin is an off-putting color. (laughs) Perhaps he's not eating right. 
Or it could be perhaps because he has a dagger in his chest. Oh my gosh. So just sarcastic little things like that. And it is so my 90s. favorite. It is so 90s. And it is delightful. And it's just made better by the fact that it is this very posh British woman saying it to you. It's so much fun. One of my favorite ones is... And then sometimes she just says very obvious things like, You touch the dripping blood. It's wet. Like, That's so bizarre. It's bizarre, and it's morbid, and I love it, and I played that game so much as a kid. And it's really, really hard, because you have to pay attention. You have to look at all the clues. And then when you get to the end of the game, if you did every, you know, if you did as much clue searching and asked all the right questions, you are interviewed by um, the coroner. And he asks you, who killed this character? Okay, why did they do it? And to win the game, you have to have done... You're sleuthing properly. You have to correctly identify the killer of each person and the motive. So you don't need to get fingerprints or get traced to analyze any DNA samples? Fun fact. There is a moment where you see a fingerprint on the glass. But since you have no way to match it to another fingerprint, it doesn't do you any good, Laura. (laughs) Like, little stuff like that. So huh. you do, you have oh, to. It's the twenties. It's the twenties, and you are a plucky reporter. Um, Why is a reporter doing an investigation? We're CSI. <laughs> We're suicidal. We're Gil Grissom. It's good fun. It's lovely fun, but it's hard because you have to pay attention. And it, much like all games in the nineties, it doesn't hand you anything. So like, it's not keeping a little journal full of all the facts you've mm. learned. Like. Skyrim or Fallout or Dishonored would do where you can go to a story journal and it'll say, you know, I did this. Get it, George. What is she playing with? Piece of paper. (laughs) Um, She's trying to kill it. She wanted it dead. Um, Where, you know, it's a story journal that'll say, I went to this place. I learned this from this person. Now I must do this. You're just free roaming, hoping you can figure it out. The Journeyman Project games have a little bit of a help because you have um, Arthur, who's an artificial intelligence in your time suit, and he'll not only will offer funny comments because he's voiced by a comedian, but um, he'll sometimes, if you're really stuck, he can give you hints to point you in the right direction. For example, I could not figure out a clue. I needed a rope, and I was walking around the level, and he goes, be careful that you don't trip on that rope there. (laughs) he said with all of the subtlety of a hammer so i'm living my 90s life all over again and that's what i loved about this week and i could go on for for another hour but we can't do that because we're going to be talking about something else today (laughs) we're going to be talking about our trip to Japan. Oh, were we supposed to be that in unison? I was hoping you'd pick up, oh, but you didn't. Sorry, I didn't know. We didn't practice this. Well, if you practice it, it doesn't feel natural or real. See. See ya? I'm not natural or real. <laughs> you know, if I had a lot of money, I would probably get a lot of plastic surgery. Not even gonna lie. What would you get? I would have my under eyes done. Because they're really wrinkly and baggy, and I feel like they have, like, there's a lot of excess skin that doesn't need to be there. And then I would probably get my wrinkles on my forehead all filled in. Like, I would just have them take straight plaster of Paris and just blast that in there. And I would have them, um, I don't know, I would probably have them, like, pull my hairline down or something 
I would, I, I don't know, I'd do something with my forehead. And then also I'd have my, my lips filled a bit. Because I feel like I have, like, a Reba lip. And I, I'm finding myself wanting bigger lips. And being jealous of boys with big lips. Not even, like, big lips, but just, like, full lips. Full I feel like I don't have full lips. lips. I feel like I have, like, a little zipper of a lip. You have a nice bottom lip. Yeah, my bottom lip is fine, but my upper lip is, like, so small. It could use a little more. It could use a little loving. I... She could use a fairy godmother to get her the ball. I would do liposuction. I mean, all that, too. And obviously. I would have my hairline lowered. I would have them rip out my my jelly rolls because it doesn't matter how many... How much sugar that I've cut out of my life. It doesn't matter how much exercise I do. They don't go away. My side fat does not go away at all. It has never gone away since I lost weight back in 2007. I have not been able to lose my size. Days with you. Except when I'm in a corset. Then it goes away. (laughs) And it cinches nice and tight. I had my first show in a couple of months. I know we're like delaying Japan. But that was was fun. And I was like... It was weird being all cinched in because you... Yanked me really tight. I did. It I did. hurt. I forgot how much it hurt. But it was such a fun show. I'm real good at the cinching. It was yeah. a fun show. It was a very fun show. It was at the Fault Line in, in LA. LA, which I have never been to. A couple to. of my friends went, and it was really fun. Um, I tipped, was a cute go-go boy. I tipped the go-go boy at the end of the night. He pinched your nipple. He pinched my nipple, and he kissed my neck. It was very forward for a go-go boy. He was, Did they do that? Um... I'm trying to look. I don't really approach go-go's because they intimidate me. I think they're more forward with me because I usually, if I do tip with go-go boy, I'm usually very, like... Twerpy? I'm very twerpy, and I very much try to make it clear that this is... They are getting this dollar on their terms because I know a lot of... Not a lot, but I know that... People that tip go-go's are aggressive. People can be aggressive when they tip. They'll, like, they'll grab the guy. They'll grab his underwear and, like, shove a dollar in. They'll grab his butt. They'll grab his junk. They'll just be very inappropriate Mm -hmm. and overly handsy. So when I tip go-go boys, I try very hard to show them, like, this is not, you know, this dollar is yours. I'm not going to make you do anything for it. Here you go. Take it, do whatever you want. Take what you want with it. So because of that, I have noticed that... Comparing how a go-go boy responds to me compared to somebody else who just tipped them or the person after me, I've always had very um, intimate experiences Hmm. with go-go boys. I've had, when Kyle took me out for my bachelor party to Mickey's, I remember I tipped one guy and he like, he pulled his underwear band out and I put the dollar in and then I was like, thank you. And he like grabbed my hand and like ran it up his body. Oh. And I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. Work. Work, fish. Same with this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I just had the dollar and... Someone thought that you had gone to, like, a strip show. Because you posted that picture. And they asked me today, they were like, did you go to a strip show? And like, no, we went to a drag show and there was a go-go there. And I go like, oh, that makes sense. And that go-go got fresh with me in a way that I'm not complaining about. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> But yeah, it was a fun show. I enjoyed myself. It was fun. I had a fireball shot. I don't drink alcohol. She's a teetotaler. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but it's like a loaded hereditary dice for me to drink alcohol, so I'd rather not do it. That's fair. And I mean, be safe. Like, 
for my own self. I'm not really in any better position. I'm Irish-Italian. Yeah, but have both of your grandparents had liver failure due to alcoholism? Well, you have to be... And been alcoholics? You have to be an alcoholic to have liver failure from it. But isn't alcohol... Isn't alcoholism, like... Can't that be hereditary? Like a tendency to be an alcoholic? I don't know. I mean... Because I know a bunch of my uncles are alcoholics. And have struggled with drugs and alcohol through their whole lives. I just don't see you as the kind of person who would enjoy alcohol. I don't either. But I have a very addictive personality. Yeah, but you're also a control freak. Yeah. I don't like being out of control. I'm actually really terrified of getting drunk and then texting everyone and telling them how I feel about them. Because they'd be uninhibited. And I'd be like, listen, you bitch. I remember that time... That you pretended like you were my friend, and you came and told me all your problems, and then I tried to talk to you about something that was serious, and then you ignored me back on April 3rd of 2014. I remember. The North remembers. <laughs> like, I feel like that would be me. Or I'd, like, text someone, and I'd be like, show me your dick. And I'd just be, like, super obnoxious. Okay, work. I, I have a... F- I just fear that that would be me is like completely drunk off my ass like that would be me i just can't see you drunk i feel like because you are such a control freak i would never let myself it would start to hit you and you'd just get angry about it really and then you you think it'd be an angry drunk um, and like beating up people no i think you'd be a moody drunk but i think if once you started to get to the point where you had trouble controlling and staying focused i think you would freak out stop drinking and, and shut throw down up. And make yourself throw up to sober up faster. <laughs> it would not go well, is what I I'm don't saying. think I would have fun being drunk. No, you wouldn't. Not at all. Not in the slightest. All right. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about our trip to Japan. So forced. <laughs> Having nothing to do in context is what we were just talking about. Well, I said let's go to Japan and then and then I derailed us. But you know what? That's what a podcast should be. It shouldn't be scripted. I don't like scripted things. I like unscripted reality television. Like RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> so mm. unscripted. Mm. So two years what ago... What are we going to talk about? Like, this is such a out of left field. Well, I don't know. We decided this last week and That's we said true. it, so we have to follow through. That's true. Otherwise, we'll get a reputation. Um, so two years ago, November, we went to our first major vacation as a couple. Yeah. Um, our first... Your- <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've done, like, road trips. We've done road trips. And we trips. did a fly trip. We did a flight to San Francisco trip. And then we did the road trip up there, which was the, the worst. worst idea that we had ever done the in our life. The actual worst. Because we decided, so we went to, what was it, J-Pop Summit. J-Pop Summit. When was that? 2013 or 12? It was sure. the first summit. The first I remember summit. it was the first one. We went up there. Because there were a couple groups that we both really liked that were up there. It was um, it was Kiari Pommy Pommy who we didn't who we didn't actually end the up seeing. First year we went, wasn't it? It was Kiari and then Lovendor, remember? And then Fairy. It was that first year. And we went up there to go see this group that um, we were kind of familiar with, but it had a member, one of Jacob's favorite members from my favorite J-pop group. And she had like gone off to do her own band, and so they were up there. So we drove up there. Well. We spent, like, 12 hours getting up there. Yep. It was forever. 
Um, I slept almost the entire way up because I chronically fall asleep on road trips because my parents drove me around when I was a kid so to like make me fall asleep. And so it's just kind of ingrained in the back of my head. And then we spent like 12 hours there. Yep. Maybe, maybe a little less than that. And then we drove down like six hours, made a pit stop somewhere, stayed there for a couple hours and kind of like goofed off for a little bit. And then spent another, like, eight hours on the road. And I think altogether, we were out of our apartment, like, 36 hours. 36 to and 40 hours. And it was miserable It was miserable back. for me. You slept through I was still miserable. I was very uncomfortable. You were uncomfortable, but at least you had gotten sleep. I did not sleep for nigh on, I think, in grand total. It was, like, 30 Everything hours. was done. No, it was, like, 40 hours. 40. I think you're exaggerating the story. No, no. 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 Because I had to get up. I had to pick you up. And then we left. And then we... I drove. I drove awake the whole time. We got up there. We drove back down. We made our pit stop. I was awake for 40 plus hours total. I counted it at the end of it. Maybe. I was... You napped a little bit when we made our pit stop. No, I didn't. I thought you napped at Kyle's house. Did not. Oh. I could not. Oh, okay. I thought you did. No. I was deprived of sleep. I was literally, like, popping caffeine pills. That's right. You did bring caffeine pills, didn't you? And I was... I wanted to die, especially since on the way back down, there were all these road closures, and we got redirected a bajillion times. And you decided to take us down another route. We drove down the coast. Driving down the coast took us... Like, an extra two hours. I was just so miserable by the end of it. I was frustrated. I was crying. And I, I could wanted. not stay awake. I tried staying awake to be there present with you, and I could not do it. I just wanted to die, honestly. Um, and then the second year, we flew up. Because I was not going to drive again. We, I, we both collectively decided it was not a good idea. And that saved us, like, 20 hours. Lots of time. <laughs> Lots of time. We spent the day at the J-Pop Summit. It was great. It was we really had fun. fun. Um, we didn't stay the night, did we? We left no, that night. We left. We got there in the morning and we left that evening. Yeah. Um, but it was fun and we really enjoyed it. But it was just, it was a precursor to what we truly wanted, which was to go to Japan. Actual real life Japan. Actual real life And not Japan. a summit. And not a summit about Or a life. concert. Or, I don't know, <laughs> the Tokyo Life Store at the <laughs> mall. Which, Which is as close as we had gotten for a while. Is not an accurate representation of what actual Japan is like. Like It's not. I think even like the most American, stereotypical American stores in Japan didn't not reach the level of like yeah, I'm gonna say offensiveness about how we to how we uh how we try to say what Japan is. You know what I mean? Like we have when you go into the Tokyo Life Store, it's, like, some weird jellies, you know, and, like, kind of strange home products that Japanese people don't actually use. A bunch of Japanese beauty products, which I never even saw once while we were over there. And then, like, a bazillion Hello Kitty, Dragon Ball Z, and Pokemon stuff, which, like, Pokemon is pretty easily accessible in Japan, but it's not on every street corner. Sure, sure. Dragon Ball Z is not really celebrated. Neither is Sailor Moon or anything Studio Ghibli. Like, you have to go out of your way to find that stuff. Yeah. And yet we kind of typicalize Japan as being these subsets. And even, like, American-type stores over there were not like, look, it's, uh... 
like McDonald's and no, they're totally no, like, like that. The stores over there, yes, that were like the American type stores. They overdo the American things really? a little bit. They had freaking chicken pizza. Okay, but that was at in the restaurant. And that wasn't that wasn't American food. That they was specialty menu things. No. The American but, restaurants were weird. Hamburg yeah, steak where it was like meatloaf. They didn't have any American stores. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like there weren't even like American stores there that were typifying what America is. Because we don't have we... anything interesting that they would want in Japan. <laughs> that's why. Probably. But why, what, some... would, what would an American store be? It would be guns and homophobic <laughs> cards. It wouldn't be anything. But even, like, the restaurants weren't even, like, stereotypically American. Like, it was Western, quote-unquote, food, but it wasn't even, like, real Western-type food. I suppose, but that's no different than our Japanese restaurants aren't really Japanese restaurants. They're Western, sure. westernized Japanese restaurants. We went to um, a Hawaiian-style restaurant in Japan, and even then, nothing in that menu was Hawaiian. Which one was the Hawaiian one? Hawaii? Uh, Hawaiina? When did we eat there? Kawaiina? Kau, kau, no, what was that? We were in Shibuya. Oh! What was um, that place called? It, wasn't it like an islands, basically? It was kind of, but it was it was Hawaiian rest. It was a Hawaiian was a, burger restaurant. It was no, it it was it was it no, was I Hawaiian. mean it was, but it was it was a burger restaurant with a Hawaiian theme, like an islands. It literally was Hawaii, though. That's what it said, but it wasn't anything Hawaii. No, it was, it was like, a it was an American chain. I just can't remember the name of it right no, now. It was a Hawaiian American chain, I think. But it was not Hawaiian at all. There wasn't even pineapple, I don't think. Anyway, so the whole reason... Or spam. The whole reason we wanted to go on the trip, uh, it was mostly Jeremy's idea. I mean, I've always wanted to go. It was 100% my idea. Um, I've always wanted to go to Japan. I've always loved Japanese culture. I'm a big fan of Japanese things. Um, In typical, unfortunate, weeaboo fashion in some ways. Um, Jeremy's always been really invested and really loved Japan and the culture and the language um, the music, like, it's been a part of our lives for a very, very long time. And kind Jeremy, of forcefully. Forcefully. And Jeremy decided he wanted to go for uh, his birthday. Yeah. And we said, okay, well, we'll see if we can save money and make it happen. And and then I did something stupid. <laughs> and I went on the forum website for um, the group that I really love, Morning Musume. I've been listening to them since, like, early 2008, 2007. Um, and I was like, I really want to see them in concert. And on my... They were going to be there, like, September 4th at some point, which was going to be during our trip. But they were straight on the other side of the country. They were in Osaka, I think, at that point, Osaka. on my actual birthday. They were not even anywhere near Tokyo. And, like, it's... I don't I I can't really explain it spatially in the United States because every region's going to be different but it was going to be a multi-hour train ride to get there hundreds of dollars to get there just to go see them and I was like in total we'd end up spending like $600 just to go to this concert when we could wait a couple of months when they're going to be near Tokyo very close to Tokyo and a 30 minute train ride and it won't cost us as much money and we can go see them in November so we postponed it 
from September when we were supposed to go to November, which worked out in the long run because we got to save a little more money. And we would not have been able to save up the money we needed by September. Not at all. So at all. But even then, we starved. In my mind, it was still, this is something we really want to do, but it's contingent on whether we can make the money come together. Mm -hmm. And then you bought the plane tickets. (laughs) Yes. And then it. And it it wasn't even a, I think I'm going to buy the plane tickets. It was, okay, I bought the plane tickets. They were super on sale. They were. But then it quickly went from, we're going to take this trip if we can to, well, we've paid for half of it. Several hundred, many hundred dollars for these plane tickets. Okay, but they were super on sale. And And they're not going to, I'm not going to apologize for my decision to do that because. I mean, I probably could have gotten them a little cheaper if I had waited, like, till the month before, but then we would have really been pushing it. For sure. But, so Jeremy bought the tickets, and so that was done. So then, because the tickets were so expensive, it became my job to work my little ass on every street corner I knew to get the rest of the money. And for a while, it was looking really stressful because I was looking at hotels, and they were going to be so expensive, and I we had an option where our friend was like, here you can stay with my friend. He lives in this place. Um, it's not a great area, but it's not a super expensive train ride. So like you'll save a bunch of money doing that. And we were like, we don't know this person. We don't want to go barging into their house in whatever hour of the night that we decide to come home. And we don't want to have to be like knocking on the door at 11 o'clock at night and being like, hi, can we come in so we can sleep? Yeah. And then we just thought it'd be so rude. So we were like, let's just... Let's just do a hotel. But hotels were expensive. Extremely. And all I could find were business hotels that were like even remotely within our price range. But these are like kind of the seedy hotels that businessmen stay in while they're on trips. And all of them were like... They were seedy and they were gross and they were in kind of gross areas. Like, we sent, like, the top, like, three to our friend in Japan. Um, we sent them to Aika and she was like... No, no, and no. Yeah, she was like, <laughs> oh, I mean, if you have to, it's not a great area. <laughs> oh, that one's a worse one. Don't do that one. So I don't had... Don't do this one for sure. Don't go Burn to Burn that one, one to the sure. ground. Pretend you, you never it. saw it. So, like, I booked the hotel... And I was like, okay, we're going to have like three bucks to spend on stuff while we're there. And then, I don't know what inspired me to do this, but I went on Airbnb. I told you to do it because Jamie and Ethan, Jacob's right. sister and her husband had just gone to Big Bear and they had done Airbnb up there and they were praising it. And then someone else that I knew at work, I don't remember who it was, was saying, oh yeah, I just used Airbnb. We went on this trip and it was really cheap and like we only spent like... A hundred bucks for three nights, and it was really great. Yeah. And so we were, I was like, go on Airbnb. Jamie just said it was great. My friend at work just said it was great. Look, and let's see if there's anything on there. So I did. I went on Airbnb, and I found this adorable, lovely studio in Asakusa, which was right by um, Tokyo Skytree. And it was super cheap. It was like 50-something a night. It was the cutest, too. And it was adorable. And it had a fridge and it had a stove, so if we decided to cook anything... Like yeah, it had. It was, it was literally a full studio apartment. So we would have had our bedroom, we would have had a kitchen. We say full studio apartment, but that place was as big as our living room. It was. <laughs> it was really small. But it was... I didn't feel like we were cramped. No, it was a full-size studio for Japan. Uh, for Tokyo, Japan. 
And it was lovely. And because we saved so much with that, we actually had like a lot of money for souvenirs. And we were right by Tokyo Sky Tree, which was one of the things we wanted to see. It was literally just down the street on our last day I walked there. And we also saved a bunch of money to cut you off again because my friend Aika was literally the nicest human being in the entire world. And she bought the concert tickets for us. And she said, this is your birthday. Welcome to Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, birthday gift from me. So And, and uh, we saved a bunch of money on that. We did. And because Asakusa was where it was, it was not so far away from any of the places that we wanted to go or um, Kasumi and Aika wanted to take us that we, d- we didn't spend very much on trains either. Like, and they paid for our entire third day. They, they paid did. for everything. They paid for lunch. They paid for dinner. They paid for everything except our train. Yeah. So it was, it was great. We stayed for a week. Um, Best week of my entire life. It was an amazing week. That plane trip there was not my God, favorite. Awful. It was supposed to be a lot shorter than that. But because there was something about the wind, it's they the took wind. us up the coast of the United States, up to Alaska, then they flew us straight across the Bering Strait to Russia, I think. And <laughs> I don't know, whatever that is up there. At some and point, we were flying over the down, island and lost. They're down the coast of China, all the way down, like literally down the coast of China, and then crossed over waters to Japan. So we took the entire coast of both segments of the world to get down there, and it was a like a 12-hour flight. It would have been longer, and we would have saved like 300 bucks if it if we had done a 22-hour flight with a layover in China, which I was like, you know what? I am not about this 22-hour life. I do not want to do a layover anywhere, and I'm not doing this. So I'm going to spend the extra $300, and I will buy the, the tickets that don't cause us an extra layover. Can you imagine if we had done that? That would have been a 13-hour flight, the layover in China was like eight hours, God. so we would have had to have either slept at a hotel there, or we would have had to have stayed in the airport, and then another like six hours to get to Japan, because it was like in Beijing that we were stopping. I at. would never have forgiven you for making me do that. I didn't, wasn't going to do it. I was not about it. I'm, and then our flight back was like nine hours less. Yeah, it was like it was, eight hours. It was super easy. I'm a terribly nervous flyer to begin with, so I... I don't look forward to flights at all. I flew to New York by myself once in college, and I nearly had a panic attack when we were landing. It was by the grace of the sweet, sweet old lady who sat next to me that I survived because she held my hand. I tried not to think about being over water for most of our trip. I tried not to think about it. Stresses me out, but we got there. Kasumi and I met us at the airport. It was great, and then we... They taught us how to use the subway system, which... Which was so complicated. Oh, my God. Okay, so I have been to New York twice. I've been there once. um, I've been to uh, Europe, and I've used the underground trains in Europe as well. I don't know why, but the, the train system in Japan was so much more confusing to me than... New York and Europe combined. Maybe it's because nothing was in English? It's possible, but like they but you have... You know what Simon and Martin has said? Simon and Martin are some YouTubers that we watch. They've said that even Japanese people get confused yeah. in certain subway stations, especially the Tokyo subway station, or train station, because it's so confusing. Well, they have signs everywhere that are very, very easy and helpful, like 
in Japanese and in English, this is where you're trying to go to, go this way. But I think for me, it's like, there's just so many trains coming and going. Whereas, you know, I feel like maybe a third of that many trains are running in like New York and certainly not that many in the train stations I used in Europe. There are just so many trains and tiers, different levels. Because some of them are more expensive because they're faster. Some of them are way less expensive because they're slower. They have more stops. And obviously we went with the less expensive one. Yeah. So it took us for, I feel like by day five, we were pretty used to it. I could figure it out. The very helpful thing was Google Maps is actually going to be a lifesaver if you ever find yourself in Japan because they do the trains and they can tell you how to get where you need Which to go. Which is because Google Maps can't do anything but, regularly. But for trains in Japan, it is genius because it tells you which number train, it tells you what color, what time it's leaving, and Japanese trains leave on time. Oh, honey, to let the me second. tell you. Um, and so that was really, really helpful. And the apartment we stayed at in Sakasa, they actually provided us with a pocket Wi-Fi that we could take around with us, which was super helpful because that was something else that I was looking at that we were going to have to borrow, to rent while we were in Japan. And it was like another 80 bucks. And it would have been another 80 bucks or more, but our, our hosts at, um, the Asakusa apartment provided us one as part of the studio and that made it so much easier for us. We had some snafus. We gave him like five stars, I think. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, We had some snafus the first day, because the first day was the day we went to see the concert. Our first, well, our first evening. Oh, yeah, Yokohama was the very first day, wasn't it? Yeah, our first evening there, our friends met us. We got to the studio. We left our bags. And they kind of showed us the train. They They gave us an idea of how the trains were. But it's still going to be confusing. Don't get lost. And then Aiko wrote down extensive directions. Yes. Like, to a T of how to get to the concert. Right. And then we had dinner with them, and then we shut down for a good nine, ten hours after all that flying. We got up our first official full day in Japan, and it was time for the Morning Musume concert, and we had to get to Yokohama. And it was very good that Aiko wrote down all those directions for us, because the pocket Wi-Fi, I did not plug it in correctly. And it had, it died. Thankfully, we made it. Because like minutes into us leaving. Minutes into us leaving, it died. And then my portable battery died. Because we didn't plug that one in either. Because I hadn't plugged it in correctly either. Because we were so tired. It just... Well, and we weren't paying attention. Like, the I, plug that was in there was... It was kind of loose on one part of the wall. Yeah. And like one segment of the wall, you needed to like flip on a switch to make it charge. And we didn't realize that. Yeah. So my phone didn't charge all night. Yeah. And so that's like, why our battery died because we were both charging our phone. We were both charging our phones because both of our phones. And we didn't were realize dying. that the pocket Wi-Fi didn't get charged until it died on us. So I was having a bit of a panic attack. We got to Yokohama. We got to the concert venue in plenty of time. But I was, like, just the side of a panic attack because both of our phones were dying, the pocket Wi-Fi was dead, and our portable battery was also dead. Thankfully... There are malls everywhere in Japan. And the Yokohama... Connected to the train stations. Yeah, and the Yokohama venue was literally, like, adjacent to a super mall. So, which we found Snoopy Town, which was an entire store of just peanuts stuff, and I love Snoopy stuff. It is my favorite. I literally have a stuffed Snoopy I have slept with since I was a fetus. 
When we go back Kane, to Japan, we'll go back to Snoopy store. Yes. Snoopy land. Snoopy land. It was my favorite. Snoopy town. But we went into a electronics, like, bookstore, and uh, we got a little Disney portable charger that's Donald Duck, and it was like 40 bucks, but we were desperate in desperate times. <laughs> First, beyond that, we had to find the information booth we- and be like, um... Excuse me with my limited Japanese. We're trying to find it was this. So and thankfully, the, inf- the woman at the information booth spoke enough English to get through yeah, the conversation. Yeah, she was super helpful. And she wrote down like four different stores that had nothing like what we were looking for. And then the very last one finally worked out. It was so hard because the thing was like our phones, we could only communicate by texting or messaging on Facebook. It was our directions with Google Maps and it was our language helper with translate and signs and signs and stuff the problem was we needed the internet for all that and, and it the wi-fi was dead and the wi-fi thing was dead and it would have cost an ungodly amount of money to pay for like international roaming data to do it so we were like literally like lost and we weren't sure how to figure out how to get back at the end of the day but we got our portable charger we charged the wi-fi first because that was the most important and then after that we were okay the concert was super fun I still get emotional when I think about that concert. And then we went to, after the concert, we walked around a bit. We went to... We went to um, the amusement park for We went to the bit, amusement park. Which I want to go back. What was that amusement park called? Uh, Cosmo, Cosmo World. Cosmo World, that's right. Um, I we, wanted to go there because it was featured in a special that Morning Moose May did. <laughs> Everything revolves around them. Everything. It was the Morning Moose May day. We also, it was my birthday trip, so it I was. Mean, it was. Everything had to be morning moose man's um, level. It's true. That was also the day <laughs> we ate at a KFC. Um, yeah, we did. Now, here's something. If you've never been to Japan, um, and if you're planning on going, just know that when you walk into an, a quote-unquote American um, fast food restaurant or any restaurant, really, establishment, just know... They have specialty Japanese items. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be American food through a Japanese lens. So they had um, KFC chicken pizza. Yes, it was special for the season. It wasn't seasonal. It was seasonal, but it was literally a slab of KFC chicken, like kind of like a chicken parmesan. Like it was had been like flattened out like that, like barbecue sauce or something. It had barbecue sauce and cheese. Corn, because in Japan, they believe that corn belongs... On pizza. On pizza. There was pepperoni on it, too, wasn't there? There was pepperonis and sausage on it, yeah. and some ham or something like that. It was like really bizarre. It but it was, was good. It was delicious, but it was the strangest... I think it might have had pickles, too. No, it didn't. I don't remember No that. pickles? I thought it had pickles. Either way. McDonald's was the closest American restaurant that we went to that pretty much had the same menu. And we didn't eat there when we were in Harajuku... Was it Harajuku or was it Akihabara? I can't remember. It was one of the two. We walked into a Carl's Jr. because I was like, I just want to know what the menu's like. And it was literally the exact same menu, no differences, no changes, and all the portions were huge. Carl's Jr. does not play. Like, no matter where. Portions in Japan were pretty, like, small for American sizes, but moderate. Like, it's like what you should be eating. Yeah, it's. And Carl's Jr.'s portions, everybody that I saw at all the little booths, like, the, the drinks were small. The drinks were real small. Yes. But then they had these big, like, large French fries. And then huge these huge, giant burgers. And I'm like, y'all were not playing around when you came over here, were you? In general, like, 
sizing at fast food at anywhere. Sizing in Japan is like what we would consider a, a kids meal. Kitten. I guess the big the 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 large size was maybe a medium. Yeah, maybe. But like but McDonald's like kids meal had more food than an American like, McDonald's kids meal. Yeah, an American McDonald's kids meal had more food than some of the like full size meals that we saw, even at the convenience stores that had meals. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just miss it so much. I miss it too. And we had a lot of fun. We did Tokyo Sky Tree. We did Tokyo Tower. We did them both in the same day. And one of my favorite moments in the trip was, um, that was our second day, our second full day, was we started the day at um, Tokyo Sky Tree. Mm-hmm. We went to the top, and you could see Tokyo Tower from the Sky Tree. So I took a picture on the viewing deck from Skytree looking all the way out at Tokyo Tower. And then we finished our day that day at Tokyo Tower, went up to the viewing deck, and I took a picture looking out and seeing Tokyo Skytree in the distance. And I put them side by side on my Instagram. And if you go to my Instagram, Jake Shandy, you can see them there. And it's just side by side of like starting and ending my day. And that was one of the coolest moments for me. Tokyo Tower was so pretty. And it was so pretty. It's been my phone background or my laptop background many, many a time in the last two years. We also, um, we went to the beach. We went um, to our friend Kasumi's house and they made us dinner and it was amazing. Mm. We went to Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney beautiful. Which completely rearranged and altered my expectations for a Disney experience because it was so next level. When we go back, we're doing two days at Disney Sea For sure. Tokyo Disneyland was beautiful, and we got to see all the Christmas stuff because of when we went. Um, however, like, if I'm going to spend the money, if I'm going to spend the time, I'd rather spend two full days in Tokyo Disney Sea I could literally live in Tokyo Disney Sea It was so wonderful and, and so beautiful. And there were beautiful. things that we were seeing. Like, we made so many rounds around that park, and I still saw brand new things every time we went around. For sure. Also, one of the things that they do really well in just Japan is sets. Mm -hmm. They get you with those sets because, um, I didn't buy a lot of things until we got to Disneyland, but they have like food things where you can buy just the food Mm -hmm. or you can buy the food set and the (laughs) set will come with either like a collectible cup or a collectible spoon or (laughs) just the randomest things but they're collectible and they're so well made and so cute so like i got the um i got the um steamed buns Mm -hmm. um the stitch ones and you could just get the stitch ones and they look like scrump and they were very lovely no they weren't the rice dumplings they were um they were mochi they were mochi yeah they were mochi and it could just be the the mochi and that's cute and it looks like scrump and it's got little like toothpicks that are shaped and colorful or you can get the set and it comes inside this stitch container that you still have that stitch container oh bitch yes i do (laughs) it's in a box somewhere protected and safe actually no i think it's up on my um, collectible shop okay um i also got a um it was like an apple cinnamon tea um the night we were in tokyo disneyland because it was very very cold because it was november Mm -hmm. And um, you could just get the, the the tea, the hot tea, the cider, and it was lovely. Or you could get the set, and you got this beautiful silver spoon shaped like um, really Snowman pretty. Mickey. And I got the spoon. I have the spoon. Yeah. And it is mine, and I love it. So 
just be prepared if you go to Japan that you will think, I'm going to spend X amount of money. You're going to spend more. You're going to spend more. And it's not going to be on the things you expect. Because I, going into it, I was like, oh, I'll spend money and it'll be on these things. You had a list and you were like, I'm only going to spend it on these things. Oh, bitch. I spent money on things I never expected to spend money on. It was an experience. It was a joy. A thrill. And someday we're going to make it back. Um, I don't know when. I don't know how. But I know something's starting right now. I miss it so much. Um, it was one of the... It was probably one of the greatest experiences of my life. It absolutely was the greatest experience of my life. And I've been to... Like I said, I've been to Europe. I've been to New York. And I always thought, oh, I've, I've always wanted to go to New York. New York, nothing will top New York. And New York was amazing, but it was not as amazing as Japan. Going to Europe was amazing. It was not as amazing as Japan. Um, so if we can figure out a way to go back, we are going to go back. We are there. We are there. We are here. We are here. <laughs> and that was, that's sort of a brief and rambling talk about our Japan trip. No one miss it. I miss it too. Go on our Instagrams and you can, uh, you can see. It's way back there. All of our pictures. You have to scroll a bit, but it's worth it. I promise. We have some great, great pictures and, uh, and I miss Kasumi and Aika and I want to see them again. Them. Usually they come down here to the good old US of A and they go to Disneyland, but they haven't been able to make it in a while. So I really miss Couple them. Couple years. Couple years now. So I miss them. I want to go back to the Studio Ghibli store, and I will just spend all my money there this time. <laughs> Not at Snoopy Town? <sighs> Snoopy Town and Studio Ghibli store. See, the problem was, we went to those places early on, and I was like, I only have so much money, I can't blow it all on these things. Yeah. But, now... I'd go blow more money at the Pokemon Center. Oh, and the Pokemon Centers, too. I don't think I got... I got, um... I got a little card sleeve and a... I got a few little things. I wish I had my Pokemon Center. Go Plus while we were over there. Because I, I would have caught so many freaking Pokemon. I would have been swimming in Pokemon. Speaking of which, we need to find your Pokemon Go Plus so I can have mine back. You weren't even using it. Well, I would still like it back. Shall we do our extended drag race recap? Yeah, do you want to kind of do it really quick since we're getting close to your time limit that you set for us last week? Yes. Do you have any extra things you want to say about Drag Race and the safety of our podcast? I was kind of, like, bored with this episode, if I'm going to be completely honest. This was the Tap That App episode. Yeah. And I was just kind of bored by it. Like, I think this is going to go down as, like, top ten challenges I would probably never want to see again. Right up there with the rap challenge from season six. Acting challenges are always a little like, rough for me because it's, especially when you have so many queens, yeah. it is, the actual filming part seems so rushed, and then it's such but a I don't weird, mind a train wreck episode. Like, Shakespeare is one of my favorites because it's a train wreck. But it was also only two teams. Sure. And so three. more time was spent with the individual teams, so it, you got more of the train wreck aspect of it. Yeah. Whereas this, because there was three... They had to kind of, like, rush through them. Yeah, and then I so thought the I feather runway rest. was kind of boring. I loved the feather runway. Like, I love the concept of it, but I don't think everyone Loving brought it. This runway reminded me a lot of All Stars 3, where it was like, none of y'all really thought this was going to be a runway concept, did you? I think I think Cameron was the only one who really brought it. Yeah, like, I just didn't think a lot of them... Because they, they get a list 
I've heard this from a lot of queens that go on Hate Queen and, you know, have done interviews and things, that they get a list of, like, 40 to 50 outfits that they need to bring. Be like, these are your concepts, these are your themes, bring them. Yeah. And like Katya said, in season seven, they were supposed to have a white party, which got delayed till season nine, but that was supposed to be a, a runway. Huh. And she said that there was, like, one that she didn't think was going to be a runway at all, like, ugliest dress ever. She was like, this isn't going to be a, a theme. Yeah. And, like, so she brought that that yarn dress, but it wasn't, like, the thing... Like, it was. she didn't put a lot of thought into it. Cause she's yeah. like, this isn't going to be used. Like, there's no They're way... They're not going to do that. They're not going to do this. And that's why I always say that whenever I'm like, they didn't think this was going to be a runway. Like, I feel like when they got feathers, they were like, feathers, that's such a simple runway. No one's going to... We're never going to have to bring feathers to this runway. Or, like, when they did pants on the runway for All Stars 2, it's like, pants? We're not going to do that. That's dumb. And yeah. so then they just threw some casual knit into their contemporary fashions. <laughs> you know, some casual separates into their suitcase. And I feel like that's what happened with feathers. It's like, no one really thought it was going to be a runway. So they didn't, they so didn't, they didn't bring, bring, their, really best bring their best feathers that they could have brought. But then they were the queens that really put in a lot of thought into it, like Aquaria and Cameron, who were like trying to do something, and Asia, who were like trying to do something different, where then everyone else like, Went the and Eureka way. And Miss Cracker. Everyone else went, like, the Eureka route, where it's, like... Seen that. Full body feathers. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I definitely I definitely was a little bored overall this episode. And I think it also was compounded by the fact that Rue was so mellow. I think Rue was sick. Yeah, Rue had to be Rue had to have been sick, sick or on drugs. Which I, th- I don't think. I think... Well, I think Rue was really sick. I think, yeah, she you just could hear the mellow. wavering in Rue's voice, and it was so, and it was so jarring too because then we got the preview at the end for next week, and it was normal Rue, like super high energy, like but this whole fun. this whole episode, it was just, and it really brought. I mean, not to critique Rue, like good for Rue that pushing through that it. she pushed through it, and she still did the episode, but like. It was like it, it it extended everything Rue said by like five minutes. Like it stretched it out because it was just a struggle, and you could tell, and it yeah. was rough. And then even just the episode itself was not. It wasn't the best. The best, and I was glad they focused on Dusty and Blair's conversations about like religion and drag and being gay. That was really good because that's important. We also didn't get any like we didn't get a lot of Yua this episode. And Yua ended up going home. Yeah. We didn't get a lot of Mayhem either, and Mayhem was also in the bottom. Which I'm fine with them not spoiling it. Right, but also it's like, this was the first... I mean, Yua didn't seem as upset. Yua seemed to take it all on the... She posted on, on Instagram. The she posted today. She was like, oh my gosh, looks like I almost had a lip sync for my life. See you all next Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Yua seemed to be in good spirits about it. So, like, I wasn't as deeply upset about this elimination as I have been in the past. But also just in general, like, I didn't have as much of a connection to this episode as I have to the last two. So I don't know what it... I think it was just Rue being sick pulled me out. Nobody really seemed to be on their total A-game this episode. just seemed rushed. It seemed rushed. The process seemed rushed. Much like our Rue cap of it right now. Yeah. Rushed. Rushed. Which is because I don't really have that much to say about this episode. Just said I was kind of... Bored by it. And it, it's going to go down as one of those that I just don't really care to see again. Like, pretty much all of season two. Ooh. Like, I just don't really like season two. That, that weird stripper challenge that was boring. 
And then that cherry challenge. Pie. Cherry pie. And the wrestling challenge in season four. I hate that challenge. I hate it so Top ten much. most skippable episodes. I don't like a lot of season six. That's fair. And I don't love a lot of season nine. Also fair. But yeah. I am bummed that Cameron was in the bottom three because Cameron looked so good. And she maybe Cameron did. didn't do good in the challenge, but like... There were plenty of other queens who didn't do well in the challenge who brought boring runways. Yeah, Cameron's runway alone. I'm not going to go and drag all her. of them individually, but there were a lot of them. They know who they are, and they know what they did. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to be it for this week. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. We'll be back next week, and we're not going to decide on a concept now. And we're see just going to let it happen. We're just going to let it happen. We're going to let the concept happen, and we're going to love it. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Can I get an amen? Yes. Can I get it? JK. Okay, bye. <laughs>